Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Morning, everybody, and welcome to Chassidus in the Morning. 15 minutes to change your life. Just to start off with a quick story that, that there's, a, there's a Mrs. Azurkin. She lives on Eastern Parkway. And actually, she, te- she speaks to them for the books of the every once in a while. So I, we actually were at a house when, before, like when her husband was, before he passed away. And it's big time of and, and the story goes for years, they used to have guests coming all, all, you know, all the time. And, and that was, that were, that were like uh, simple people in the sense that, you know, they didn't like, weren't very much into gosh, mystical things. So they, so like they had like random chairs in the house. It wasn't any specific order. So one time, and, and they, they clearly didn't care about the aesthetics of it and stuff. But one time they, they saw someone met the husband in, in a, in a, in like a furniture store, buying a chair. And they were like, it was odd. Like, what is he doing buying a chair? And they're looking for a very specific chair. So basically the story goes that one of the guests was a regular. She complained she had some back issues and and, well, and she needed like a specific chair. She, she wasn't telling them that they should buy the chair for her, but she was just talking about the specific chair. And in order to, to like care for his guest and have the, the best time possible, I guess, he went and bought the chair. She's a beautiful idea of Israel. Even though he, for he himself, he didn't care, but for them, he did. <clears throat> okay. We're starting chapter six, page forty-two on the top. In the previous chapter, the Rebbe Shab explained that there are two approaches to division: one that leads to strife and separation, and a second that makes possible a comprehensive state of unity. Yeah, one type of division that leads to unity, ultimately, and one that leads to total separate separation. He developed this concept further in the chapter that follows introducing the fundamental theme of the Maimah. And this is like I told before, this is the main point of the Maimah. The difference need not lead to division amongst people and that a community can attain true oneness when each of its members develops his potential and simultaneously recognizes the need to bond with others. I think this is sort of a very fundamental issue that needs to be addressed in Lessing Crown Heights. That, that because people are different, that doesn't, it's not, it's not necessarily needs to be an issue. The differences use that in the right way and realizing that even though I have my differences, I need the other person. We, we're all one family. We need to be connected. So then that can bring us together. And that's sort of, I think, the, the mistake that, that we think we're right and everyone else is wrong and it can't be someone else's way. Whereas what we're saying here is that we can have all those differences and that's fine because ultimately we all need each other and that can bring us much closer. Just like we talked about yesterday in the army, that if everyone wants to be the paratrooper and we'll jump out of an airplane, but no one wants to be the pilot, no one wants to give them the food and no one wants to organize their equipment, it's not going to work. Everyone has his distinct, his, her distinct role that they have to give. That's what we're going to discuss, discuss even more. So to clarify, and, and again, still it's very, talking about very, very uh, Kabbalistic concepts, but yeah, whatever, I enjoy it. 
not because not because I get stuck in in the scholar aspect of it, but because that gives us a better understanding of the way God works. And more and suddenly God works, more we appreciate God in our lives and what he does. That's how that's how I think you look at it. So to clarify, further, the concept of division, which brings about unity mentioned in the previous chapters, concealed within every entity is its antithesis. So this is a very interesting point we're saying here. That within deep down within you, there's also the opposite. And you can think about it in very physical terms. In fire, you know, one time we had, I was I was trying to clear out some wax or something for like the candle holders. So I put it on, so I, I lit a match and the match was using the it was the wax, like it was burning up. But then for whatever reason, it got pretty high. It was in the bathroom, it got pretty high. So I took water to like, to like put it out. And the oxygen in the water caught on fire and it's huge. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. It was like a huge fire. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like I, I was thinking the water would put it out. But within, within the fire, there's also water. I mean, within the water, there's also fire, like the oxygen. That's what we're going to discuss. So the true, this is true even of the soul's essential powers. So even deep down. And, and we'll see, because deep down, it's all one, so there's everything there. So there's the, it and its opposite. In Chassidus, the term atzmi, plural, I don't know why he puts the plural here, but atzmiim, uh, Translated as essential is often used in a general sense to refer to the levels of the soul or godly light that are not specific in nature. It's essential. It's not a, a chesed or a gvar. It's godliness and deep levels. It's not defined by anything. But yeah, that are not specific in nature. Or rather, refer to the soul as a light that is subsumed in their source to the extent that their individual identity is not felt. Where they're so in, it's like in front of the king. You, you all melt away into one thing. It's all we're all part of all part of the king and, and his rulership. In the context of this mimer, the term essential powers refers to the original potential for the powers of the souls as they exist in a pre-conscious state. See, for so, so in our term, when we're talking about it in here, I put a different memorandum based off what we're discussing. You can explain it differently. But according to what explaining here, based on our mimer, it's the pre-conscious state, the soul as a soul is. So at that point, there's no distinctions. Yerba Shab is emphasizing that our interrelation of the soul's power with each other does not apply only on a conscious level, but even as they exist in the very source. In our sources, we're very much connected. We have that differences, but we're connected. So each of which has its antithesis incorporated within it. Here, the Yerba Shab is speaking about a level in which the powers of the soul, although they are in a pre-conscious state, have begun to assume an individual identity. Even so, incorporated within each power is its antithesis. So we're talking about a level deep within us, subconscious, but already it's it's you know it's like it's like kids and babies when they're before they're like even they can talk and they ha and they have formulated opinions. You can already see that they're very different one from the other, you know. And that's what he's saying. Even though it's a very pre-conscious, it's all like they're consciously putting an effort to be a specific way, but even deep down within them, they already have differences. And he's saying here, they also have the opposite to each other. This is so by virtue of the soul's essence, which transcends even the essential powers and contains all of them perfect in synthesis and such a deep level that everything is there. Like uh, the drop of semen, that everything is there. Not just the arm, but the whole body. The Rabbi Shab is referring to a concept explained in detail. Now the soul is considered the essence of the soul is a simple, singular entity above all identifications within with specific powers or qualities. 
So you get you reach a deep enough level, there's no distinctions. Just like just like in the family, there's when you go further back, there's we're just family, but when you go into more details, more as expressed, there's, there's parents, there's kids, there's boys, there's girls, and, and then you can go even, even more down where everyone is very different and everyone has their characteristics and what their strengths are and how they look and things like this. But we're going, if you go deep, you go back, we're all family. Yeah, every person has a fundamental eye that cannot be quantified or described in any manner or form. It is a spark of godliness and, like God, is unlimited and compounded and defined. This is a very important point. That's this uh, mentions in, in, in Tanya, in Parag Base, that we have a neshama, that that neshama and its source is godly. Just like God is unlimited, uncompounded, undefined, so too, that level within us we have is the same. However, as a person functioning in his everyday life, he uses various powers, but when we come down, we act in this physical world, so then we use specific things. We're not using that level. Touches intellect and emotions. The relationship between these powers and the essence of the soul requires detailed explanation. And we have to understand how these relate to each other. Because on the one hand, these powers are very different from the essence of the soul. How we express ourselves with our intellect and emotion is very different from the essence of a neshama, as it is unlimited and uncompounded. They have a specific identity and definition, each related to the function it performs. On the other hand, it cannot be said that their source is outside of the essence of the soul, but, but, there, but also on the same hand that this seichel, uh, this intellect, this emotions are, are coming from the essence. So, how, so is it separated? Is it, it's, are we distinct or are we unlimited? Are we compounded or uncompounded? Are we defined or undefined? Because were that to be true, if they're two separate things, then it would be difficult to understand how they became implanted within the soul. How can you get from one from the other, from unlimited to limited, the two separate things? It wouldn't make sense. So we're saying they're all connected. So how does it work? So accordingly, Chassidus explains that within the essence of the soul, there exist all the different potentials and powers that are, latent, are later revealed. So whatever is going to be revealed later is already there in potential. Indeed, the use of the term potential has to be clarified because a potential does, not, does in fact exist. If, if it's potential, means it's already there at some level. We're saying, we're saying, we're talking about the essence where everything is unlimited. So how do you have something limited that's coming later on? But, but we'll try to keep it simple. Though it has not become actual. So it explains this by the analogy of a fire within a coal. So how can, you, how can we have on one hand the limitedness and on the hand the unlimitedness? It's like a, fire, a coal that has the potential for fire. Although the fire is not evident or visible, it exists as a separate entity distinct from the coal. So the coal doesn't, has fire, but it doesn't have fire. Because that's the analogy, it's not an entirely appropriate description for the manner of which our different powers exist in the essence of the soul. For the essence of the soul is, as stated above, utterly simple, uncompounded, and undefined. Where the power of the soul to exist with its essence and distinct potentials, it would be compounded entity. However, the fact that later the soul exhibits the powers compel us to say that they exist within the, its essence in a manner abstract and verified as the levels exist uh, as that level of existence is. So this is very complicated. This is coming from a famous Shashik Dumo, Ayn Base, which is probably the, the like most deepest memoir. Essentially saying that it, uh, to keep it simple, in our source, in the, in the source of the Neshama, as it is above, as it is unlimited, it has also somehow the potential to become distinct and have different intellects and emotions. So the essence of the soul transcends even the central power contained within it. And ultimately, we're going to use this to understand within ourselves and the community and people around us how we can come together.
So the essence of the soul transcends even the central powers contained within it. And yet bears them all. So it transcends, but it has everything. The Rabbi Shab uses the term bear to refer to the manner in which the essence of the soul contains the possibility. Yechelas is the term used in Chassidus for the different powers to later merge and to exist in abstract and rarefied manner. kind of so the Rebbe Arshab uses the word yechelas, meaning it has the potential, means the ability. And again, because we're having this discussion that, that in essence, if it's all simple and all undefined, then how, then how do we have definition later that's so distinct? So within the essence of the soul, the power coalesces in total unity. It's as it is in its essence, all becomes one. But on that rung, no separate particular powers exist, not even in a state of essential powers, above the possibility of conscious expression. That you go deep enough that it's not even the state of essential powers, that, that the, as they are in the source, it's even above that. It's like a total oneness. Just like you look at a, you have like a drop of semen versus the baby, the, it's, it's incomparable. As the powers emerge from the soul's essence in the initial preliminary state of emanation, the soul's powers cannot be said to exist as discernible entities. So it's very, they're not even, can't even define them in distinct, this is, I see the chachma, I see the chesed, you don't see anything, you see goliness. Nonetheless, in potential, they still exist as powers, as indicated by the term essential powers. But they still, they still have, and this is a common back and forth, it's, it's, it's oneness, but it's also, like it's total unity, and it had, but it has in it everything that can come out, even the opposites. But at the same, at the same time, it's, it's this unity. So even this cannot be said regarding the existence of the soul powers with the essence of the soul. As mentioned, in, as mentioned, it is inappropriate to speak of any distinct potential existing within the essence of the soul. But nevertheless, it is, logical, it is a logical imperative that the essence includes the possibility of all powers in the soul. And again, so on one hand, we're saying that it can't, doesn't make sense to say that there's all these distinctions at such a high level, but in the end, you have to say that all distinctions exist coming from there somehow. We'll finish up here. For all the powers do emanate from it. Thus, if they emanate from the essence of the soul, the very least a potential, abstract and rarefied as it may be, but it must exist within the essence. He's saying it must be there. And uh, we'll continue tomorrow. But essentially, I think, I guess, the lesson that we can, we can take away from this is that, is that the, the distinctions and the differences that people have, it's coming from a very deep level. And but we all come in the same how we all come from the same place. We come from the same place, but we all also have these distinctions. So the distinctions should never, <coughs> this is a very important point, that it should never cause conflict. And, I, and I, f I find like a problem nowadays in talking about, let's say, politics. That, it, you know, I think politics didn't change that much in essence. It just the way we, we approach it and the way we discuss it has changed. And that's what we're saying that essentially we're all together, all one. We come out, we express ourselves differently, and we can have different opinions, but those different and those difference of opinions is not allowed to divide us. And we're and, and we're sort of built this way, they're meant to have different opinions, we're all not the same, all different, we have different ways of seeing things, different ways of doing things, but that shouldn't that shouldn't stop us. You know, nowadays, you know, one of the things you can't talk about is politics. You think uh, 20, 30 years ago they didn't have issues in politics, they did, but I think we got stuck. And that's and what we have to realize is back in our source, we're all one, we're all the same. 
and, and, and in that level, there's also potential for these distinctions that are going to be expressed later. And we don't have to get so caught up with it. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't be very judgmental. So we continue tomorrow.